Yeah. Amen. All right, you guys ready to get started? Yeah. I'm really right. excited about this message because um, this is a message that has been on my heart actually since 2020 um, in parts, and I didn't actually know um, that it was going to all come together. I thought they were individual kind of messages. Um, and then as I was sitting down this last week, um, putting it all together, I was like, wow, this is really cool. It all, it all came together. Um, but how many of you know, how many of you guys have ever seen some memes before or, you know, reels on Instagram or, you know, TikTok or things like that? Nobody. No, okay, okay, some of you guys. Okay, so how many of you guys have ever seen those memes when it's like, you had one job? Have right, you guys ever seen that? That's my favorite. So we've got a couple actually up here um, that Sarah's put up. So literally you had one job. So like this guy is doing the lines, you know. I don't know what was there. Actually, we were driving to London the other day for Vincent and we got off the highway. We got off the highway. The, the uh, li lines actually looked like that. And that was the first thing I thought of was, you had one job. <laughs> Um, what's another one? Fox, except for when I first looked, I was like, what's wrong? And I was like, oh, it's not a, it's not a fox. Okay, you had one job. It's a fox. It's not a fox. All right, next one. Okay, the pylon. You know, nobody moved the pylon before they poured the cement. You had one job. Next one. Will you marry me? I mean, that's cute, but it really says, me, me marry you will. Mm -hmm. <laughs> So it's like, whoever did that, they had one job. Mm -hmm. Do we have another one too? Oh yeah, walking up the stairs, the, the, <laughs> the railings. You had one job, you just had to go the other way. <laughs> but how many know sometimes, you know, there's these things where you had one job. You know, you ever, you ever think that before where you're, you're like, seriously, Brian used to tell this joke about these people who were, were planting trees, right? And so um, this guy was watching from his house, and, and as he's watching, the first guy would come, he'd dig the hole, and then um, the next guy would come, and he'd fill the hole in. And then he's like, so he finally, after like a couple of these happening, he went out and he asked him, said, what are you doing? Like, one guy's digging the hole, and the next guy is filling the hole in, but like, what are you guys actually doing? He said, oh, we're planting trees, but the guy who plants the tree is sick today. <laughs> so they were just digging holes and filling them back in. They had one job, one job, you know. And as Christians, we actually have a job to do here on this earth. And, and how many know that sometimes as Christians, you can see somebody and know that they are not only a Christian, but they are doing their job well as a Christian. And then there are sometimes where you can see somebody who claims to be a Christian, and, and it can cause questions to come into your mind about how, how they're actually living that out. How many of you guys know that? This, this is something that takes place. So today we're going to talk about a message about you had one job. Oh, I thought we were talking about hypocrites today. <laughs> oh, <joking>. Well. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're talking about you have one job. All right, and I'm going to start off. I want to read in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. All right, you guys, we're going to start reading. It says here, For we know that if our earthly house, this tent, is destroyed, we have a building from God. A house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For if we groan earnestly, desiring to be clothed, clothed with our habitation, which is from heaven, if indeed, having been clothed, we shall not be found naked. For we who are in this tent groan, being burdened, not because we want to be unclothed, but further clothed, that mortality may be swallowed up by life. Now he who has prepared for us this very thing is God who also has given us the Spirit as a guarantee. So we are always confident, knowing 
that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. We are confident, yes, well pleased, rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. This is the last verse is one that Pastor Rick, you know, often, you know, quotes quite a bit, you know, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. But here's the thing that I want to kind of bring out here, right? When, when Christ came, he came and he redeemed our souls, okay? We were separated from God. We were living in sin. Christ came. We, he offered us salvation. When we received that salvation, what happens, right? We come into a relationship with God. We come into the family of God. Do you guys all understand, right, with me on this here? And what happens is, is that we come through a process where we are now becoming more and more like Christ Jesus, okay? Now, when this here particular passage starts off, it, it, it talks about even, it talks about even a habitation, and it talks about the kingdom. And so, when we come into the kingdom of God, we are coming into the kingdom of light, and we are leaving the kingdom of darkness. Now, kingdoms are something that is actually spoke about a lot in God's word. I think actually even in the New Testament alone, it references it 70 times, the kingdom of God. Say 70 times. That's an important theme in the New Testament when, he, when God mentions the kingdom of God 70 times, okay? And so when we do this, it says in Matthew 12, 26, it says, if Satan casts out Satan, he's divided against himself, how then will his kingdom stand? So what does this bring out for us? That the kingdom of darkness, Satan, also operates in a kingdom. And then in John 3, 5, it says, And Jesus answered, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and of spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. How do we come into the kingdom of God? We come into the kingdom of God by salvation. It's a free gift that God gives us. And as part, now we move, I told you, we move out of the kingdom of darkness, the kingdom where Satan is, and we move into the kingdom of God, the kingdom of light. Pretty straightforward, okay? Now, what happens is, is that when you really take a look at the passage, we, we're, we're understanding, first of all, we have these temporal bodies. This is what's really being brought out, first of all. We are, we are a spirit man. We live in this temporal body. And this temporal body that we have is like our earth suit, okay? We are, we are here on, on assignment, which we're going to be talking about today. And our, our heavenly body, the kingdom that we are part of, is in heaven. And that's where our, 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 and we have the spirit man that's going to live forever and we're going to end up, you know, in the heavenly place, which actually is going to be the kingdom of heaven comes onto earth and is reestablished. But the reality is, is that that's where we're from. And when you look at these words such as habitation, you talk about kingdom, you know, they talk about a place of occupancy. They talk a place about a place of settlement. It talks about a dwelling place, a synonym, synonym to even the word habitation would be even that of kingdom. And it speaks about a place where there is a person, for instance, a king or a queen or a person who's in a position of authority within that governance system or ordinances that are taking place. It even goes as far, actually, when you look into the definition of it, it says that it even goes as far to say the eternal kingship of God or the realm in which God's will is actually fulfilled. And this is really what it's talking about when we talk about the kingdom. So the kingdom of God, you know what? It's a big deal. Okay? It's a big deal. There's, there's, it's something that we need to really understand that we say, first of all, I'm part of the kingdom of God. Okay? And now Pastor Sherry is going to start talking a little bit more say, about what I'm that I'm glad means. you clarified that you're part of the kingdom of God because um, within the two kingdoms, there's a leader in, in both of those kingdoms. And we need to figure out which kingdom we're going to belong to, right? And mm -hmm. as Christians, we should belong to the kingdom of God. 
right? This is what Pastor Brian was just talking about. And so, um, you know, Paul talks about how we are citizens of heaven. How many of you know that we are citizens not of this world? We are citizens of heaven. We are not citizens of hell. We are citizens of heaven. Amen? Amen. And so I want you guys to bear with us as we're reading through a lot, a good chunk of 2 Corinthians chapter 5, just because, and, and it'll all come together at the end, I, I promise you. But in, I'm going to continue on here, just talking about the responsibility of us as citizens of heaven. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, we're going to continue on in verse 9, 9 to 13. It says, therefore, we make it our aim, whether present or absent, to be well-pleasing to him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. Knowing, therefore, the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. But we are well known to God, and I also trust are well known in your consciences. For we do not commend ourselves again to you, but give you opportunity to boast on our behalf, that you may have an answer for those who boast in appearance and not in heart. For if we are beside ourselves, it is for God, and if we are of sound mind, it is for you. You see, our goal as Christians, as citizens of heaven, should be to be well-pleasing to God. How many know that our lives are supposed to emit a sweet aroma for Christ? Amen? And so really what we have to do is we have to figure out what we are doing here on the earth and what we are doing, is it pleasing to God? Are our lives acting in a manner that is pleasing to God? And not only that, but the things that we are doing, are they something that is, um, that is out of a good motive where we want to please God? Or is it out of appearance? We want to appear to be a certain way. And these are questions that, you know, they might seem straightforward to us. They might seem like, you know, well, well of course, if I'm doing something, I'm doing it because I just, I want to please God. But when we really ask the questions deep down in our heart, wait, what are, what are we really doing this for? And I have to ask myself this question every day. Because I never want to get out of the place of pleasing God and, and into my own selfish ambition. Right? And that's what happens when you get out of thinking about pleasing God. You begin to do things out of your own selfish ambition. And maybe they're not bad things. And maybe they do line up with God's word. Maybe they do line up with his call on your life. But our motives need to be pure before God. And we need to desire to be well-pleasing to him in this world. Amen. You know, when, when I first uh, came over, I think it was around 1982, where I immigrated into this country. Uh, I was, uh, uh, you know, born in the United States. I came over to Canada in 1982. And uh, eventually I went through a process, you know, where I was a landed immigrant first. And then I, I went from being a landed immigrant actually to a citizen at one point. So now I have my Canadian citizen. I am a, a, a resident Canadian citizen here in Canada. And, and that was an exciting time for me because I switched over, you know, there, there was a, a pro progression of what took place of I live and I reside in this country to now I'm actually a citizen of that country. And when I come into that citizenship, you know what, there's responsibilities that also, I, not only was there benefits that I had, but there was also responsibilities that I was able to uh, be able to, in, you know, take on, I guess, would be the right terminology, right? Now, you know, I got to pay taxes or, you know, but, you know, here's the thing. I'm a U.S. citizen. I still got to pay taxes over in the United States because that is part of being a citizen is, is that we need to be able to do the different things that we're responsible for. You know, when you take a look at right now, you got a war going on in Israel. What's happening right now all over, all over the world is, is that Israelis are flying back home. 
they get called in, you know, the reserves got called up, there's people who are coming back home, and they're going in to be able to support their nation, okay? Why? Because they're citizens of that nation, and it's important to be responsible, right, to be able to take care of and to protect the freedoms of your, of your particular country, amen? Are you with me? And that's something that as a citizen of God, we have to take a look at how are we going to be operating in regards to those types of things. There's accountability with being a citizen. In 2 Corinthians 5, we're going to keep reading now at verse number 14 to 19. It says, And for the love of Christ, it compels us, because we judge thus, that if one died for all, then all died. And he died for all, that those live, who live should live no longer for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. Therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh, even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them and has committed to the world, to us, the word of reconciliation. Okay, what is this all talking about? It's talking about, first and foremost, that Christ came. He died for our sins, okay? It doesn't say that he came and, and continued to condemn. It says that he died once and for all for each and every one of us, okay? So that we don't all have to die. But it says that when, but then it says that because he died for us, right now we die and we live for him and that the old man is now dead and that the new man is a new creation living after the ways of God. Okay, this is part of, you know, the whole process of what takes place in water baptism. It says that, you know, once we receive salvation, we go in and we do a step of obedience now to follow in the ways of God and the teachings of God. And it says when we go into the waters of baptism, we go in and the old man dies there and the new man comes out to resurrection, new life. We take on now the image, the nature, the character of God Almighty. And this is what's taking place in this process. But when Christ came, his whole purpose and plan was to reconcile you and you and you and you and me to God. And then because of that, we are followers of Christ. That's what's happened. We've now submitted into his teachings, correct? And so as followers of Christ, he's also given us the ministry of reconciliation. And that ministry of reconciliation is for us to be able to further go out and find those lost souls that need to be reconciled to God, back to God in his kingdom. That is part of the mission that we have in the reconciliation of who we are in Christ. And we have to decide, I mean, I know Pastor Sherry is biting here to, to, to speak, but are we going to walk now in the ways of the old man who's supposed to be dead? Or do we walk in the new man and the new creation who is alive unto Christ? That's the question that we have to keep asking ourselves as citizens of God in God's kingdom, right? It says that there is a ruler who is in place, that ruler who's in place is the preeminent one, and it says that it is a place and location where the will, plan, and purposes of God or that authority is implemented. And so if we are alive to ourselves, we are not implementing what Christ is asking us to do because in his word, it says for us to die and follow after Christ. Amen. 
Um, how many of you guys have ever heard this process before that we've just been talking about? You know, Christ died for us, and then we receive him as our Lord. We make him the Lord of our life. He's our Savior, and then we're able to live for him. We become citizens of heaven, and then our lives become well-pleasing to him. How many of you know this is just the natural progression of a Christian? And if everybody in here has accepted Christ as their Lord and their Savior, then this is, this is what you've been through. So how many of you know this is a familiar process of something that you've been through, and maybe you've led other people through that process as well, and it's a good thing. This is actually going to bring us to where we're going to start the message today. And this is going into 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20. It says, now then, because of all of this stuff that we just talked to you guys about, this plan of salvation, what happens, you're a citizen of heaven, you're well-pleasing. Now then, because of this, we are ambassadors for Christ. How many know on Monday nights after we uh, pray, we always do confessions of faith. And when we do that, we say, I'm an ambassador for Christ. Each one of you are an ambassador for Christ. So it says, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf to be reconciled to God. And this, um, the word uh, actually comes from ambassador, comes from... I'm not even going to say it. it comes from the Greek word. <laughs> it says to be a senior preacher, a senior, a preacher, or a representative. And so basically an ambassador is the highest ranking representative of a nation. They go in, they represent the policies and the interests of the nation they belong to. Right? This is what an ambassador actually is. And um, there's actually certain requirements. It was really cool because when I was trying to look this up the other day, um, there's actually a job posting on the Government of Canada website that tells you the, re the requirements to be able to post for, um, to become an ambassador. Because you can't just apply to be an ambassador and then become an ambassador. There's a process that has to happen. But there are some, there were certain requirements that it said. The first thing was that you had to be educated. And so how many know as uh, citizens of heaven, we need to be educated of the nation that we are a part of, the nation that we come to, the nation that we belong to, and that's the nation of heaven. In Psalm 1, 1 to 3, it says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He meditates in his law day and night. And then it says that he shall be like a tree that's planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither and whatever he does shall prosper. I don't know about you, but I know I would love my life to be a prosperous life. I would love my life to flourish where I have the fruit of the spirit just hanging all over my life, where people can see me and they can see that I operate in love and joy. How many know? No, it's not easy to walk out into the world that we live in today and just automatically feel joy. There's a lot of oppression that's happening. There's a lot of darkness that's going on in the world today. And, and if we allow ourselves to succumb to that, we can be pressed down and not walk in joy. But how many know that we need to have the fruit of joy in our life? We need to have the fruit of the Spirit all over our lives. And the way it tells us that we're going to do this, 
meditate in his word day and night. Be in his word. Know what God's law says. Know what his kingdom's all about. Know what God's will is. Know what he, he wants to project to the people. Know what his gospel says to bring to others. If we're not educated, if we don't know, how are we going to bring the gospel to those around us? And as an ambassador of Christ, we need to be able to be educated in God's word. But how are we going to be educated in God's word if we don't spend the time to be educated? We need to spend that time getting to know who he is and what his character is all about. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 2.11 that, um, you know, lest Satan should take advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. We need to also know the territory that we are operating within. So we're not at home right now. We're away from home. We're aliens outside of our country, right? Because we're citizens of heaven. And so while we are here on earth, outside of our nationality, outside of our citizenship, what we need to do is know the territory that we're in. And if we know the territory that we're in, then we can easily stand against the enemy because we know what his tactics are. Do you know that his tactics are not new? He reuses and recycles all the same old things over and over again. As a matter of fact, if something happened in your life when you were younger that tripped you up, the enemy will take that and be like, oh, I'll just use that again. I'll just repackage it in a different way and I'll use it again. And so we need to be aware of the way that he operates so that we can take authority over him. And we need to know the authority that we carry as believers so that we can walk in that authority. We need to be educated. You know, in, in 2 Timothy 2.15, it also says, study to show thyself approved, right? And so this is some other processes that we can do is we need to study God's word. You know, there was a, one of the things that, you know, just to wrap up kind of her point is I remember, you know, when I was a, a little bit younger and our kids were a little bit younger, there was a, a movie that came out that, that, that my daughter wanted to watch called The Princess Diaries. Anyone ever hear of The Princess Diaries? And, and what happens in that, you know, is some, some, some girl, she ends up, you know, finding out that she's royalty and she's living a life completely outside of that process. And then what happens is, you know, she comes in to this place and then she has to learn everything that there is to be able to be part of the royal family. She has to learn about the country. She has to learn all those things. And it was just something that stood out to me, I remember, because it's often what it's like when we, we are walking into the kingdom of God, okay? We don't, we don't, you know, we're in the kingdom of darkness. We don't know what it is is, you know, when we first come in to operate within the kingdom of light. But then when God takes us, he takes us from there and then he gives us a tutor and he brings us mentors and he brings people in and he gives us his word to instruct us. And then we can learn and be educated as to the ways of God. And that's really important for us. The next part that I want to bring out about ambassadors is that they need to have experience. Okay. In Philippians 4, uh, verse number 11 and 12, it says, not that I speak in regards, regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. I know how to be abased and I know how to abound everywhere and in all things. I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer, uh, to, and suffer and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Another verse I want to reference is just say in, in Romans 5, it says... Uh, three to four, and it says, and not only so, but we glory in tribulations also knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope. How many have ever had what you call on-the-job training? 
You start a new job and they try to give you on-the-job training. You know what I'm talking about? It's like, here's your orientation. And if this problem comes up, here you go. This is what we want you to do. Anyone you know what I'm talking about? And they give you, you know, like the 15-minute or the one-hour session of what to actually do. And then you actually get on the job and then what happens? You take all of that and you basically almost throw it in the garbage because there's, there's a whole other level of what takes place with on-the-job experience. You know, I, I had this job once, and I remember just, it was like from day one, it was just like you got thrown, thrown under the bus and into the hole. And, and you were, I started so far in, into the hole on that job that I was digging myself out for like the next two years. It was, it was nothing like on-the-job experience. And, you know, I, I remember during through that period, I'm like, I had to go out. I had to earn people's respect. I had to, you know, learn about all the different things. They were, they, people were trying to pull the wool over my eyes on everything, you know. So I had to go out. I had to work midnight shifts. I had to go out to the plants. I had to do different things because there was a process of what God was trying to teach me in that season of getting experience, okay. And when you get experience, you know what it is? It's priceless, Right? Even when you apply for a job nowadays, what do they say? They say, here's your education and here's a combination, you know, or, or work experience, life experience, right? There's a lot of things that take place when you get life experience. And, and really, this is something that we need to be aware of is that we need to develop the experience of walking out our Christianity. You know, even when it talks about putting in, in ministers into the body of Christ in 1 Timothy 3, 6, it says, Don't put in a novice, lest they be puffed up with pride and fall into some sort of condemnation as the devil. So the thing that you need to be aware of is, is that there's various stages even of, of ambassadors as they, as they take place, right? Pastor Sherry just made mention, you know, the highest level of the ambassador is the one who goes and they, they represent and they do all of the, the speaking on behalf of the nation. But there's progressions of what takes place with an ambassador. They Sometimes they call them an envoy or there's a, the minister. Or there's different Diplomats. educational processes that they do where they gain more and more experience and each level of experience allows them to be an ambassador at a higher and higher level. And that is something that we need to remember as we are, as we are being brought up in our Christian faith is we need to impart right, God's word into our lives. We need to walk that out with experience. And here's the thing is, if you don't have experience, right, when you do something. When I was on that job and I didn't have any experience, you know what happens the first time that I had to make a decision or do something? I failed because I didn't have any experience on how to do it. And then the next time, you know what I did? I got a half right, you know? And then I eventually started getting it right all the time and then making the improvement because the experience is what taught me how to respond, how to behave, how to properly represent, how to navigate. And I think there's a key in that actually because, you know, once you become a Christian, you're not instantly perfect, Right? And, and we're not going to be perfect while we're living here on this earth because we live in a fallen world. But as we go through the experiences that we go through, we have opportunity to make decisions. And we get to choose what decisions we're going to make and where we're going to, where we're going to allow those decisions to go. And, and we might miss it at times. There's going to be, I'm going to tell you, there, there are going to be times as a Christian that you're going to miss it. It's, it's just in, inevitable, but learn from those moments, learn from those experiences and, and allow the Holy Spirit to change you and, and allow your authority to speak into your life to help you walk through those so that you don't stay stuck in those moments and you don't continue to make those same choices over and over again. Amen.
So the next one, number three, this was interesting because um, what we have in our notes is always be ready in season and out of season, on or off the clock. But what was actually written on the website was that you had to be available for overtime at any time of the day. Like you had to always be willing to work overtime. And this is an interesting thing because the kingdom of God is not a nine to five. Right? And, and even, you know, people joke around about pastors and how they only work on Sunday mornings, you know, and then and they don't work during your life. No, it's funny. People, people joke around about this, right? But the truth is that as a Christian, our, our work is never done. There's always more work that needs to be done. And so we need to be willing and able to work the overtime. We always need to be willing because, you know, like I've said before, there'll be times in the middle of the night where all of a sudden you'll wake up and the Holy Spirit will put somebody's name on your heart. And you have a choice in that moment. Are you willing to work overtime to lose a couple hours of sleep because you need to pray for somebody? Are you willing to make a phone call because somebody needs you in this moment? Are you willing to do the things that need to be done that are going to take your time that you were going to do something else, something fun, something that you enjoyed, something um, that, that meant something to you? See, we have to be well-pleasing to God. In Colossians 3, 23 to 24, this is actually a scripture that has been um, just, uh, it's really spoke a lot to me over the years because I've been in positions and jobs where um, I didn't enjoy it. I didn't love it. It wasn't my favorite thing to do. And so, um, but I knew that God had me there for a season and for, or for a purpose. And so I had to stick the course, but the way I stuck the course was not like, oh my gosh, I got to go to this job again and this is terrible. And you know, wow, I'm never going to make this through. And, you know, saying negative things like that was not going to help me. What I did was, whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men. Knowing that from the Lord, you will receive the reward of your inheritance for you serve the Lord Jesus Christ. And see, here's the thing is that whatever we're doing for, for God, we are doing for God, right? And so our, our reward is not here on this earth. Our reward is in heaven. And, and, and what we need to um, keep our focus on and keep our minds um, situated on is not the fact that, you know, something is um, taking us out of our comfort zone or, or kind of pushing us where we didn't want to go. What we need to focus on is that God has called me to do something. He's asked me to do something. It's uncomfortable, but I will do it for him. And, and you know what this, this even goes to, because how many know there's going to be, be people in your life that are not going to be very easy to get along with? How many of you guys can just think off the top of your head somebody that you don't necessarily get along well with? Nobody. Okay, a couple. <laughs> but we all have people that maybe just irk us or just kind of like push our buttons even sometimes, you know? And most of the time, they're, they're related to us. <laughs> right? Like God has a sense of humor that, you know, these, these types of things happen. But when you're doing something and you're serving others, you're not looking directly at the things that the people are doing to you. What you're doing is that you are living for God and you are doing things for him. And that's why you can serve the people around you. And that's why you can serve people who might not be the easiest to get along with because you're doing things for God and not for men. Yeah, I, I think as you add into that part of it, it says, you know, to be ready in season and out of season, and we're always to be ready. But I think here's the part that I really want people to understand about this element of it is, is that your life as a Christian is not separated out from your life and everything else. 
okay? You're not, I'm a Christian here, and now I'm a, I'm a worker over here, or my family's over here. You know what? You are a Christian, or you're not a Christian. And that Christianity of who you are is who you are in everything that you say, in everything that you do, in everything that you are. And you have to make that decision, am I a Christian or am I not? Because you don't get to pick and choose, today I'm a Christian, or this part of my Christianity, I'm okay being an ambassador. As I said, you know, when ambassadors, I said, when they were on call all the time, you know what? You're a Christian on call all the time. We don't get to pick and choose when, when God wants to utilize you. How many of you pray all the time, God, use me. God, utilize me. God, I'm available. And then when he says that he's available, are you available? That's the question that we ask all the time, right? Is, is that, are we, is, this is the full part, it overlaps. It is, the life of an ambassador is, that is their life. It overlaps with everything. And that is what we are as Christians. It is our life. The last part here on there is, is that you have to be a citizen. Okay, ambassadors got to be citizens here. It says in Philippians 3.20, we read this verse already, for our citizenship is in heaven. Here's the thing. You're either in the kingdom of God or you're not. You're either a citizen of the kingdom of heaven or you're not. There's not a gray area. There's not a, hey, I reside in the territory. It doesn't matter. It's, it's either I'm, a king, I'm in the kingdom of God as a citizen of the kingdom of heaven or I'm not. And if you're not a part of the citizen of heaven, where are you? You're a part of the citizen of the kingdom of darkness. And it's, and it's a line that is drawn, it's clear, it's not gray matter, it's straightforward. It's either I'm in the kingdom of God or I'm in the kingdom of darkness. I'm a citizen of God or I'm a citizen of the kingdom of darkness. And that's a choice that we have to be able to make each and every day. So um, when I was doing research on how to become an ambassador in Canada, there was some articles that came up because it's not an easy thing to become an ambassador in a country. Now, thankfully, we read the beginning part of Second um, Corinthians chapter 5. So we know as Christians to become an ambassador for Christ, we know the requirements that, that take place. And as Christians, we, that we have done that. Um, but there was an article that kind of gave like some tips and some hints on, you know, other things that you could do to be able to better your chances. And actually it was interesting. We watched a movie the other day um, and uh, it was, I can't even remember the name of the movie, but anyways, this, this guy, this, this uh, migrant worker who wanted to become an astronaut. And so he worked his whole life to just try to become an astronaut. And then he kept applying to NASA's pro program. And as he's applying year after year after year after year and getting rejected, his wife finally says to him, like, what do the other applicants that got accepted, accepted have that you don't have? And so he started kind of listing, well, they scuba dive or they can speak Russian or they can, you know, like all these different things. So he went out and he learned all the things and then he brought his application directly to NASA. And anyways, I won't tell you the rest of the movie, but it was just an interesting thought process to think about all the extra things that are needed. And somebody who is serious about wanting to be an ambassador, they're going to do all the research they can. What is my best chances for being an ambassador? And so uh, in this article, it had said, you got to be adaptable. You got to be flexible. How many know Christians that are not flexible? <laughs> you guys laugh because this is, these are things that, you know, they, they seem like they're hilarious and like they're ironic, but yet there are lots of Christians that are walking around today that just really aren't flexible. And they, you know, it must fit within their time frame. or you know what, 
no, it, it, it's not a part of who they are. So you have to be flexible. Um, you need a good, good judgment, right? You need to be able to work with a team, teamwork skills. This is a big deal. In the body of Christ, the enemy wants nothing more than division in the body of Christ. And so while God tells us that we need to have good teamwork and we need to work together in unity, in love, and all of these types of things, what's happening in the body of Christ? Christians are fighting against Christians and churches against churches and um, denominations against denominations. And you have all of this division that is starting to happen. And I'll be fine as long as you just leave me alone. You just stay over there and stay in your own lane. Where God says, no, 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 we're supposed to be like a symphony all together. We're supposed to be in harmony and unity all together. And this is something that, you know, the body of Christ is going to have to learn and hopefully not on-the-job training. Hopefully we're going to be able to learn unity to a greater degree before push comes to shove and before it comes to a time where we are forced into either unifying or completely dissolving. Do you know what I mean? And so here we have to have those team, that teamwork skills. And, you know, we have a process just as being Christians. Um, our lives should reveal the gospel of Christ. Everywhere that we go, people should be able to read the gospel in the way that we live our lives. No matter what we're doing, no matter what we put our hand forth to do, people should see at your employment, at your job, they should know that you're the hardest working employee there. They should know, not that you're being taken advantage, but that you're not one to cut corners. You're not one to just, you know, like let things slide because, you know, you just don't feel like it or it's in your mind unnecessary. If your leadership asks you to do something, if your boss asks you to do something, you do it with everything inside of you, right? And these are the things that we have to understand is that the gospel that we are bringing to other people is hope and it is light. And we need to bring that to those around us. And how are we going to do that unless we have the hope and we have the light on the inside of us? And to tag into that, in Proverbs 13, 17, it says, A wicked messenger falls into trouble, but a faithful ambassador brings health. You know, when we, she just talks about how the hope, the hope that we bring, right? We're bringing health. You're bringing restoration. You're bringing the gospel of reconciliation to people. And that is something that brings healing into people's lives, right? And so a faithful ambassador will always bring honor and safety to the body of Christ. I want to read a passage. I'm not going to read a passage, but I want to kind of touch base of a passage in Joshua 9. Uh, and Joshua 9, this is right after uh, the children of Israel have entered into the promised land. They defeat, they, they, they conquest over Jericho. They go after Ai. And then they see that there's this, this other um, cities, okay, that are taking place right around them, and they actually send, and it says here um, the, from the nation, sorry, not the nation, the city of Gibeon, and it says, but when the inhabitants of Gibeon heard what Joshua had done to Jericho and I, they worked craftily, and they went and pretended to be ambassadors. And so the story goes on that what ends up happening is, is that the children of Israel, they come and they, 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 they pretend they put on all this old clothes and they take on moldy bread and they pretend that they were on this really long journey to come to the children of Israel and they make peace with the children of Israel and the elders of Israel, they all accept them and they, they say, yes, we will not kill you. We will, we will be with you. Or we'll, we'll be at peace with you. And then they find out, it says, afterwards that the men uh, that came from Gibeon were right down the street. And then it says, so Joshua says, 
Then the men of Israel took some of their provisions, but they did not ask counsel of the Lord. So Joshua made peace with them and made a covenant with them to let them live. And the rulers of the congregation swore to them. So this is what happens. But then when they find out what goes on in verse, it says, let them live, but let them be woodcutters and water carriers for all the congregation as the rulers had promised them. And so then it jumps down at the very end and it says, once again, it says, and so he did to them and delivered them out of the hand of the children of Israel so that they did not kill them. And that day, Joshua made them woodcutters and water carriers for the congregation for, and for the altar of the Lord in the place which he would choose even to this day. The thing I want to bring out about Gibeon, Gibeon was an important city. They said it was a, it was a great city, like one of the royal cities. So this was a, a magnificent city that was taking place. There was all kinds of things, if you look at historically, that even in God's word talk about in the city, uh, you know, it, what happened with the city of Gibeon. There was, this is where, you know, Solomon was, you know, had his vision and the dream where God, you know, appeared to him. And there was things that took place with Saul and the Gibeonites and so forth. And so they ended up, all of this whole process took place, okay, surrounding the royal city of what was happening with Gibeon. And they were made woodcutters and water carriers. And Pastor Sherry is going to break that down a little so bit. So even more. before I break that down, I want to actually go back and I want to point out something that just was standing out to me in that um, from the other side of things is that um, notice that they did not inquire of the Lord mm -hmm. to see whether or not they should you know, make a treaty with um, the Gibeonites. All they did was they, they judged it according to what it appeared to be. Right? And as Christians, a lot of times we see things that we think, oh, this lines up, this looks good, this looks right, it feels right, it's, you know, it, it's appropriate. You know, it seems to fall into all of the place of the things that we think we need, but we leave out the factor of uh, inquiring of the Lord to find out what his thoughts are about things. And as a result, they were deceived. And as a result, they were deceived by something. And it was a great deception, actually. Um, this, is, this is one of my favorite stories in the Bible. I know you guys laugh when I say it's my favorite story, but so it's one of my favorite stories of the Bible. But um, but really, what happened here is that you know um, because they pretended to be ambassadors, they were not real ambassadors. They were pretending to be an ambassador. They were relinquished to this menial task of being woodcutters and water carriers. Like that, they weren't even allowed to do all the you know great things in the front lines and be like you know in their mind the important parts. They were kind of down at the, just like making sure that things happen and making sure that things still run. They were down in the trenches. They probably, you know, plunged the toilets, right? If we were going to talk about today's day and age, you know, they were woodcutters and water carriers and they didn't get a lot to do because they had pretended to be an ambassador. And as Christians, you know, what does it look like to pretend to be an ambassador? You're pretending to be a Christian, but not actually reflecting it in your life. You're claiming to be one thing, but it's not congruent in your everyday life. And this is how, you know, we see people that are um, actually false ambassadors or fake ambassadors um, in the kingdom of God is because of this. And actually what I want to 
uh, bring out here is when we read 2 Corinthians um, chapter 5, did some research on this. And I, I love looking into like the history of why things, why things are written and what's going on and what's, what's happening surrounding what we're reading. And so, you know, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, we're reading Paul just kind of going back to the basics. He's like, guys, you get saved. Guys, your lives reflect Christ. You know, be pleasing to God. And, you know, you're citizens of heaven. He's going all the way back to the very basics. Do you know why he went back to the basics? He's talking to the Corinthian church here, and it's the second letter to the Corinthian church. The first letter, what was happening was that the Corinthian church was actually being swayed by false leaders, false teachers. And these false teachers were actually bringing in some, some things that were causing the people to sway, the Corinthian church to sway. And part of that was they were getting the Corinthian church to sway against their authority, who was Paul. And so because of this, what happened is, you know, Paul, he sends Titus and he, he's, um, you know, writing a letter telling them to repent. That's 1 Corinthians, you know. And so a good chunk of them did. But there was, you know, a remnant that didn't actually repent and that were still kind of against Paul and still following the false teachings that were being taught in the Corinthian church in that moment. And so Paul says, guys, we got to go in his attempt to try to reach the, that remnant. He says, guys, we got to get back to the basics. Listen, stop listening to false teachers. Stop listening to people who are trying to sway you against your authority. Stop listening to people who are planting doubt in your mind that I'm teaching you the ways of God because it lines up with the word of God. And if you know the word of God, and as Christians, as ambassadors of Christ, we should know the word of God. Remember, we were educated. We're educated in the word of God. And so he's saying this, and he goes back to the very basics of Christianity, which he says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20, he says, be reconciled to God. And so, you know, I think about this thing, and, I, and, and I'm thinking, like, you know, if there's false teachers in, this, in, in the place— in the church, okay? Because we're talking in the church. We're not talking like out in, out in the world or out in like unchurched people. We're talking in the church. And so if we're talking about people who have been swayed, what was the swaying that was happening? And as I started to think about it, I could think it was probably living a life of compromise, right? Because Paul had to go back to the basics of this is what we do. We are citizens of heaven. We, we have accepted Christ as our Lord, and he is the one who guides us and leads us, and we're following his ways, and we need to know this, and we need to... So what must have been happening in that way is that people were being swayed to let compromise come into their life. And how many know in the church world today, we have a lot of compromise that begins to come in. And it may look a little bit like, you know, oh, you know, not really that big a deal. It's just one little thing. You know, it's just one day, you know, I can ask forgiveness later or, you know, things like that. And it might look a little bit like somebody saying, you know, your pastor has too much authority. Your authority takes too much control. And these types of things start to circulate and they start to really get into people's mind. And then as things like that get into people's mind, they start to see things in their authority. And this is what was happening with Paul, is that all of a sudden they're saying that Paul's got too much control, he's got too much authority, yet Paul is trying to pour everything that he has into developing them, into teaching them the ways of Christ. He's like, guys, like, this is the word of God, this is how we're supposed to live, this is like, you know, everything. Paul gave his whole life, 
like all the things that he endured and encountered, he gave everything to bring the gospel to the people. And their response in the, Christ, in the Corinthian church was, eh, you kind of seem like you're a little bit of a control freak over there, right? And they kind of just like pulled back and they didn't want to really be underneath his authority. And so he was really defending his authority in, in the rest of 2 Corinthians. And, you know, we can overcome with our testimony, but what is our testimony? It is how we live our lives. In Revelation 12, 11, it says, And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto death. If we are walking through tough times and we're walking through life, how are we going to be able to make it through and be a witness to others unless we know the word of God and we are living it out in our everyday life? You know, all of that there, you know, is, is that false teachers end up producing false ambassadors. And that was really what was taking place. And so I want to read in here Matthew 5, 13 to 16, as we start getting to wrap up here. It says, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It, it is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. You know, there are all kinds of different things that we can get into about salt, okay, and light. But God is, first of all, Jehovah Ori. He's the light of the world. Okay, we are the salt of the earth and we are meant for our lights to be able to shine bright as a representation of God Almighty. If we are living the life of darkness, the, then the world around us is not going to be able to see the light that we have. We are meant to shine. We are not meant to be hidden underneath, you know, the ground. We're not meant to be hidden underneath a basket. We are meant to be able to be able to be elevated on the top of a, a light post, to be able to be a light around and illuminate so that people who are lost in the darkness can see their way out. They can see the light of Jesus Christ as an ambassador for him. And that is what we are preaching about today, is are you that light? Are you the salt, or are you walking with the lost flavor of the salt in darkness? Where do we stand? Where are we walking in? And what is God doing on the inside of us that is shining bright for others around us to see that we are an ambassador of the light of God Almighty? Let's all stand to our feet. <clears throat> as Christians, it's not an easy, um, it's not an easy life that you're, that you have before you, right? Um, I'd like to say it's easier than living away from God, but in that sense, it is easier living than living away from him in terms of you have God with you and you have everything that he provides for you. He is Jehovah Jireh, the Lord, our provider. But it doesn't mean that your life is going to be all rainbows and roses. You do have a road ahead of you. You do have some dips in the ground that you'll have to navigate. Because we live in a fallen world. And we are surrounded by a kingdom of darkness. But the darkness cannot stand up to the light. 
And so as you allow your light to shine, as Pastor Brian was saying, like a city on a hill that cannot be hid, that is your life. That is what you're bringing to the community. That is what you are bringing to your job. That is what you are bringing to your family. And sometimes it doesn't even have to be the words that you speak. But when that light is alive on the inside of you, it makes your road a whole lot easier because God carries you through those times. You know, Paul lived a rough life. He did not live an easy life. But he loved his life with everything in him because he knew the value of the call that was on his life to be an ambassador to the lost. And what I want each of you to know today is the value of, the, of what God has called and what he's put inside of you to be an ambassador to the hurt and the dying and the lost and how you have the answer. And when you walk out these doors today, you are going to bring that light to all those that you encounter. Amen? Let's pray. Father, I just thank you, Lord, just for the privilege that it is to be called an ambassador of Christ. Father, I ask that you even open up our eyes to be able to see your word in the truth that is in your word for what it is, God. I thank you that you are illuminating it to us so that we can receive and we can grow in wisdom and knowledge and stature. Father, I thank you for a strength that is rising up on the inside of each and every person at the sound of my voice today. God, I thank you that uh, we would not be frivolous with the call that you have put on our life, but we we would walk out these doors knowing that we have a divine opportunity to be able to bring the gospel to every single hurting, lost soul that we encounter. God, I ask that you help us to be sensitive to your Holy Spirit, to be able to know who to talk to, when to say the things, when to just shut up and pray, and when to do the things that need to be done. God, I thank you for your grace upon each and every person that's here today. And I thank you, Lord, that you walk with us, that you haven't left us, you haven't forsaken us, but you are with us always, even to the end of the age. And I thank you that you are helping us to understand that no matter what state that we are, that we can be content because we have you and we are citizens of heaven and we have that to look forward to. We thank you for your grace today in Jesus' name. Amen. Have a wonderful week. We uh, have Lighthouse tomorrow. The altars are open. If anybody needs prayer, come on up and uh, we'll have our prayer team praying for you. Have a wonderful week. All right. Well, thank you. Uh, we're live here at the after show. Uh, I have... Uh, Lighthouse leader Jeff Hansen and uh, we we're just kind of chatting here a minute ago and uh, this this message kind of talked to you personally didn't it you want to explain a little bit yeah, about that maybe absolutely you you walked up to me just at the beginning of service and you want to do the lighthouse and the old man in me was like I don't want to go on camera I don't want to be in front of a bunch of people what have I got to say what do they got to hear and that little voice in the back of my head which is usually the Holy Spirit going what are you doing it's an opportunity how many opportunities I've given you you got to step out there and do these things so here I am. I'm, yeah, here I'm, we are. I'm on the. So, so the key thing he just said there was listening, being obedient, but also stepping out. And now here you are, and you're, you're all right so far, right? Oh, I'm doing well. You're doing, doing okay. Well. Yeah. Um, you know, there's there's so many things that they said in that in the in the context of that message, and uh, I really thought it was uh, very powerful. One of the concepts that I was kind of picking up as they went through the different points was. Um, 
they talked about doing things as unto the Lord or doing them for appearance. And uh, as they were going through those points, I couldn't help but to think, you know, if I'm doing this for appearance, I'm going to struggle. Um, you know, Absolutely. ever have any of those? Uh, Absolutely. You know, how, can you relate, I guess, as well? Oh, I'm yeah. Saying. My job, I've been there 27 years. And there, trust me, there's days where the bosses want too much or management wants too much. And you kind of want to just say, wait a minute, I've done this. I'm going in circles. But you got to realize who you really work for. I don't work for that company. I don't work for those people. I work for the Lord. So everybody wow. around me is going to see how I react to things, what I need to do. So you got to step out, get it done, put a smile on your face. Because at the end of the day, God's given me a job that provides for my whole family, which a lot of people don't have. So I need to be grateful and just push forward. And that's God's uh, provision for you. But it's interesting what you said there is I'm you know, putting it in the context of the message. I'm an ambassador even when I'm at work. I'm an ambassador 24-7, and I don't get to turn this on and off, do I? No, I'm, I'm going to lunch with somebody from here after, after this message is done, after we're done here, and I'm going to be sitting in a restaurant. Who knows what opportunity God's going to put in front of me? You know, that waitress may need to hear a word. She, she could be going through things we don't know. How many opportunities have, I, I personally myself, how many opportunities have I missed that God's given me a chance to bring someone else into his kingdom? And we got to be aware of that because it's easy to say, you know what, I'm busy, I'm tired, I just don't want to deal with this. But that phone call, that email, just run into a person who seems down. Take a second. Just yeah. a few minutes can change their life. That's what changed mine. Somebody took the time to kind of witness to you. And, you know, that, that's another key point that they, they uh, kind of brought out in the course of this is we have assignments. Uh, we have been given the ministry of reconciliation because of the fact that we're reconciled to Jesus or to God through Jesus is probably the better way of explaining it. And because of that ministry, we don't get to choose who and when and, uh, you know, those we talk to. Uh, you have a assignment. You have people that you can only reach that I can't. Absolutely. Or Pastor Brian or Pastor Sherry or anybody for that matter in the congregation. We all have a unique assignment. There's going to be people. There's going to be circumstances in their life. And our choice is to be ambassadors or to run and hide. We serve a God who knows what we've been through. So he's going to bring people into your oh, life that have similar experiences. You're, you're preaching here today. Yeah, he's going he's gonna to bring those people. And you're going to go, wow, I went through that. Maybe it was 10 years ago. Maybe it was last week. But he knows who needs who. He's going to put you in the right place. Just you need to be willing to say, you know what? I need to step out for him. You're not stepping out for you. I mean, it's for him. Everything we should do should be for God. So if I understood you correctly, the uh, very areas that you've struggled and had pain and uh, that you've had to work to overcome are the very areas that you're going to witness to others about? Absolutely. The Lord and uh, his goodness in your exactly life. Exactly. Right? What he's done to change my life. Amen. I mean, wow. and it's, if people think being a Christian is easy, it's not. Every day is tough. We're going to, we're meant to go through everything that's around us. We have to go through it. It's not easy, but we have the hope, not the hope, but we have, we know where we're going to end up. And that's what we have to remember. Well, we're serving we, where we're going to go. Yeah. And you know, when you put it in that context, exactly like that, you know, Jesus took our place on the cross Absolutely. and we're taking his place in the earth. Yep. Right. And, and that's really what an ambassador is, is we're really literally the hands and feet the the mouth of jesus to those that are hurting that are lost and are are perishing in this world because Absolutely. what's god's uh what's god's heart towards those is yep. that not one would perish right and I, I the message today hit me because i think we all forget we're ambassadors we think of as ambassadors like we see on tv it's someone important flying on a private jet or a, you know a country's plane going somewhere 
but we're all ambassadors at different levels. And I love what they said. Your experience that you get makes you to the next level of an ambassador. But it's so important. You know what I mean? But we're all ambassadors and we need to remember that. When people see us, they see Christ. That's what they need to see. Because people already are judging Christians before they even meet them and get to know them. So when they see us living our life that we're supposed to be and trying to reach out to them and just trying to help those around us, they man, want that. Man, that's so important too, uh, what you just brought out there. And I think Pastor Brian really unpacked that very good when he talked about on-the-job experience being so important. And the other thing about on-the-job experience is we're not going to be good at it at first. We're not going to be no. perfect at it. We are going to make mistakes and we have to understand that as we go through the process of making mistakes, there are opportunities to grow. There are opportunities to make improvements, to make adjustments, and to really kind of straighten our ourselves back up. We have to get back up, first of all, because chances are we're going to be feeling a little inferior in times of, of walking through this ambassador process. So it's, it's really important to understand that it's okay to make mistakes. It's okay to be human. Yeah, we are human. We're going to make mistakes. You ever make any? <laughs> we made some this morning, just on the way here. I was not, you know, I had people in front of me cutting off and I had to fight that urge. But the other thing to remember too is we're ambassador, but when we make mistakes. You, you didn't use any sign language. I didn't did use any okay. sign language. Okay, that's good. Kind of just tightened up. Yeah. <laughs> there's other ambassadors out there for us when we do make mistakes. They're going to step into our life and they're going to be an ambassador for us to help us overcome that so we can be better next time. So we're we're really supposed to be kind of a community of ambassadors yeah, and kind of uh, be a network that helps uh, speak into each other's lives when needed, but also to speak into others' lives when needed too, right? That's, absolutely. That's the great thing about Christianity. We're all on the same level. There's different jobs and different positions, but we're all the same. We're all children of God. So as a lighthouse leader, you know, do you have that opportunity to maybe share those principles that you've learned or speak in others' lives? Oh yeah, absolutely. So our lighthouse is just a group of so, guys. So, so you thought when you were being, you know, brought on board to be a lighthouse leader, it was all going to be great and this would be a piece of cake, right? No. You thought I'd just, you know, start, show up and everything would be great, right? No, I knew it was going to be a lot of work, but the one thing I didn't know is that not only would be work for me to do, it would bring changes in my life too because you start to yes. listen to other men you go wait a minute that's me yeah. i do the same thing wait a minute i need to change that it's funny when you get together and you if you, even when you ambassador you're an ambassador and you work on other people helping other people with their lives it shows you the things you need to change in your own life too because we're all short we're not we're not going to be perfect we're not meant to be so as you work with other people and you start helping them you're helping yourself as well so it's all about growth into even uh, greater levels of ambassadorship. And it all starts by taking the step like you did here. Absolutely. Today. Absolutely. And I encourage everybody out there, if you've been wanting to do something or step out or something. Is that ambassador's awesome, job encouraging too? Absolutely. Wow. So there's, absolutely. there's something that's really missing in the world too, you know, uh, and they talked about that, even a smile and encouraging nod or, uh, you know, how many people are out there hurting and struggling and, you know, maybe just a friendly face and a smile could really help get you, them through. You can change a person's day. I mean, I usher here, I, I stand at the door, I'll greet. You meet people, you're the first face they see. And you, that could be the first smile they had all week. Yeah. You know, who knows what they're going through? We have to remember that. Or as a bad. kind word even. Eh? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It makes a difference in a person's life. I know myself. If I'm having a tough day and I get a call from somebody I didn't expect, and I'm like, hey, I just want to encourage you. You know, you're, you're, you're doing well. You're going to keep moving forward in, in the kingdom of Christ. That changes your whole day. Yeah. It can. Just that simple phone call. That's, that's so, so 
key as well what you're saying there and it's it's so important we've uh we've got about a minute left uh jeff i really appreciate you coming on and just stepping out here today do you have any concluding thoughts before we uh wrap up all i can tell you out there is when you get that chance to step out step out because i did it today and i feel great about it Every opportunity God's put in front of me, I, I questioned it. I didn't really want it. I fought a little bit and said, oh, you know, the old man came out. And I was like, that's not me. Why do they want me to do that? But so I'll you had to really kind of push through uh, a nature that might not have been the nature to come on and just do this openly and willingly. Yeah. Eh? As I told you when we started, I have a face for radio, not for <laughs> television. But, you know, I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> Well, don't we all? <laughs> well, uh, listen, Jeff, I want to thank you for coming on. I want to thank you guys for staying and watching the post show. Um, just remember, uh, we're going to sign off here with our, uh, uh, our slogan, of course. Remember to light the passion within you. Thanks and have a great day. Amen.